Burkwist. This is my show. And it's the last day of January. Not quite sure how that's the case. It just flew by. Crazy. It's almost Christmas. Someone, it's almost Christmas. Someone just threw something at me. No, but in seriousness, some of you guys have almost, I mean, we're talking hours away, almost made it through dry January or the first month of your New Year's resolution, whatever the case might be. Let's be honest, most of you probably haven't. You probably failed a long time ago. Most people give up pretty quick. Yeah. But hopefully hopefully you haven't. And if you were doing dry January, like Tom was, congratulations. A new month is upon us. away. You're so close, <laughs> my friend. So close. Oh, like we were talking off air before the show. Like, do you just celebrate tonight or do you actually wait? I think I... I'm at the point now where it's like I have found other things to occupy my time during the times that I'd normally, you know, be drinking and socializing and so forth. So it, it's like I, I've totally reshifted and recalibrated what I do in my personal life. So I love it. Good for you. Yeah, oh, that's the thing. I mean, over time, you kind of set new set new habits, new, new, new methods, new, new approach to how you do everything. So Hopefully, uh, hopefully, if you guys have done something out there, you're sticking to it. And if not, then then party it up. Just just <laughs> rock it out, right? Just have have fun. It's 2024. The world's on fire. You might as well try and have some fun where you can. All right, we've got a lot of kind of different, kind of a spattering of things that we're going to cover today. So let's get into it. Let's get into the news cruise. So Biden uh, decided that he was going to finally visit East Palestine, Ohio, a year later. And with the visit, lots of hubbub, lots of people in the media and press talking about it, all sorts of all sorts of discussion going on there. And you had lots of questions that were working their way towards KJP. And we'll, we'll, we'll get Disco back in his seat here for this, but we'll... I want to show this clip because maybe you saw this, maybe you didn't, but there was a question who asked, or a question, there was a reporter, excuse me, who asked the question, will Biden drink the water there in East Palestine? Obviously making reference to the fact that it was poisoned and became toxic last year. Take a listen to this exchange. And then next month when the president is in East Palestine, will he drink the water there? I mean, look, what I can tell you is... The president's focus has been to do everything that he can to support this community from day one. We get what's going on on the ground. We understand what's going on. That's why we've had the EPA. That's why we had DOT. That's why we had HHS. That's why we've had FEMA on the ground. Um, you know, this is not about some sort of, like, political stunt here. This is not about—this is not what this is about. This is about this president being a president for everyone and showing up, showing up for this community. That's what this is about. I'm not going to get into some sort of political stunts about drinking about drinking water. What we're going to focus about is making sure they have what they need. And the president was invited by the mayor, by community leaders. He's going to show up. He always said he would be there when it was the most helpful. All right. So I jumped the gun. I said he was there. He's going this coming month uh, on the anniversary. But point being is is the question. The question of, is he going to drink the water? And I love that KJP says, I'm not going to get into a political stunt or do 
it's not a political stunt. It's a legit question. Did you see what happened there, Kareen? I know that you and the administration really didn't give two shits about it when it did happen, but I, I don't see that question as anything other than fair and reasonable because the people in East Palestine went through that horrific experience, have been enduring that horrific experience ever since, and, and where we're really sadly probably going to see the worst issues from that, that train derailment are ye months, years down the road with all of the fallout from that. That's, that's the big concern, and there is reason for that i don't care that that the epa went there and the dot they they didn't do anything and the response that they did have was slow do you do you remember when mike dewine that oily little shifty fuck governor went down and did one of these mm, it's delicious yes mm, and just put his lips to it and, and then that was it and they all dumped it out Curie Jean-Pierre, with that answer, just reiterates the, the point of how stupid and, and completely incapable she is of doing that job. Right. The proper response to that question, and I'm not even a PR person, but I was just putting myself in her shoes and how I would answer that. I would say, look, in dealing with the president of the United States, we have to take all security risks into, you know, into question whenever he goes somewhere. And that includes drinking from a tap, no matter what it is, where it is. It could be East Palestine, Ohio. It could be Dubai. It could be anywhere around the world. There's procedures that are put in place to ensure the safety of the president of the United States, and that includes the water supply wherever he goes. So I would have to direct you to the Secret Service to answer that question. Yeah. Which she's good. I mean, she always does defer her and Jen Psaki both. I can't answer that question. I'm going to have to refer you to X, Y, or Z department. You're going to have to talk to Treasury. You're going to have to talk to Secret Service. You're going to have to talk to Health and Human Services, whoever. But yeah, to, 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 to respond the way she did. And, and, and just, I mean, honestly, if you're in East Palestine and you see Joe Biden show up next month, I don't want him there. I don't want anything no. to do with this administration. No, because we had that stupid photo op with, with, with Pete Booty Man in his hard hat and his vest <laughs> and his safety goggles and his brand new, you know, redwood boots that he was, you know, trying to clomp in the mud to make it look like he's a hardworking guy and a man of the people. It's just, it, it's so transparent the bullshit in the theater that the democrats go through you know republicans do it sometimes as well you know like when when christy gnome went down to the border and she's got you know all of her you know cabela's gear on and everything and you know and her cap and you know going out on the airboats and everything on the river i give you know i give her a pass i give her the hot girl past hot girls can do whatever they want and life is usually a lot easier for them and nobody really cares but it's right. still political theater no it absolutely is i mean look no further than the the whole bicycle incident with pete Buttigieg. first of all that the water sipping thing i had forgotten about that that was amazing <laughs> so obviously not drinking <laughs> yeah. literally a, a three-year-old could have been watching that and been like he's not he's not actually drinking the water but you, you look back to Pete Buttigieg, and it's a perfect example of how this government operates and how these officials operate. And you remember him talking about using bicycles and getting people off the roads and using, you know, uh, personal transportation and stuff like that. And it, would, it showed him pull up in an SUV blocks away, 
his security detail pulls the bike out of the back of the Tahoe or Suburban, whatever it was, and then he bikes a couple blocks in with his helmet on. I'm here, guys. I mean, seriously, how dumb do you think the American people are? Don't answer that. I know you think they're miserable, dumb people who don't care or don't matter to you, and, and that's just how you view the world. And sadly, there are some people who, I mean, there's a lot of people who went along with that. Like, that was great. What a great idea. He showed up on his own bike. He really means yeah, it. Did you see? Saw it. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go, go. I was just saying, we saw it all through COVID. How many of these jackasses do we see wear a mask as they walked out and then stood in front of a podium, took it off and began talking? Right. Or, <laughs> it, or the all... inverse, they would walk up with it on, and then as soon as the cameras were off or they got out of frame of the camera, they'd take it off with their people right there, talking as close as I am to this mic. It's just all, yeah. it's all freaking theater. And it's so maddening because again, it's not mad. It's, it is, it's so frustrating and, and angering that they do it to us and that they treat us that way. And they have such a disregard for the American people, but it's, it's likewise maddening that so many people fall for it. You don't have to look far to find it. The truth is right there in front of your nose. It is. It, 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 it go back to COVID. It was the great sorting. We know where everybody is. And people are like, there's a, you know, silent majority of conservatives. Is there really? Let's look back. Look, look at your own community. How many people were that you, you vote Republican were dutifully putting on the masks? Yeah. You know, the, I don't think there's this giant silent majority of conservatives anymore. No. No, that is the silver lining, without a shadow of a doubt, of of that whole scamdemic and everything that happened then, is we figured out exactly who everyone was, for the most part. Not everyone, but you, you learned a lot about a lot of people. All right, let's transition to what's happening on the Hill. You've got this whole Mayorkas impeachment saga going on, and the House continues to pursue impeachment for the DHS Secretary, Alejandro Mayorkas. After some back and forth in committee, the articles went through with a vote of 18 to 15 in favor of proceeding. I'll read this little update here from the Daily Wire. A House floor debate and vote to impeach Mayorkas is expected as early as next week. If successful, it would be the first time a cabinet secretary has been impeached since 1876. But the GOP majority is contending with a tight margin and some doubts among rank and file. The effort also faces long odds of achieving a conviction in the Democrat-controlled Senate. So here's the thing, folks. This thing's uh, pretty DOA in my view. But let's assume for shits and gigs that the, the House-controlled GOP, uh, finger parents very much for that, has enough gusto to actually do the right thing, actually vote the right way here. I don't think that happens. I don't think that the House actually has the gusto and the balls to do the right thing. But let's assume that they do. Let's assume that it goes all the way through the entire process on the Hill. It won't, newsflash, spoiler alert. It's still, and I, 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 I don't like sharing this news. We've talked about this before. It still will do nothing because they simply will replace him with someone similar or worse. He's not going to get past the Senate. He's not going to get booted out. But, but honestly, play that out. If you want to live in fantasy land, Play it out and pretend he actually gets impeached and removed from his position. Who still is in charge of the government right now? Not us is the answer. 
Yes. Again, this is all for show, but I think that if you want to look like, if you're the Republican Party, you have to look like you care. So you have to chalk up some sort of wins, even if it's not a win, it's like you at least have to put forth the effort. And I think that's the position that they're in now. The Republican Party doesn't have the stones to, to take on the, the Democrat apparatus or the, the permanent D.C. apparatus because the leadership and the Republican Party are all part of that apparatus. Yeah. So they're not going to do anything to to harm their little piece of the pie. There's maybe what we always say, there's maybe 10, you know, in the House and in the Senate that that would but the rest of them just want to go along to get along, and they're not going to upset the apple cart. No, not at all. They're just not, and and, and it sucks. I hate it, but that's that's how it is. Yeah, I mean, today on the Hill in the Senate, not the House, you had Lindsey Graham talking with Zuckerberg, and a lot of people talking with Zuckerberg, right? And he, Lindsey Graham, put out this clip or had this clip of the statement in the the session, but the clip was put out and shared in a bunch of places, and it's him saying, "You have blood on your hands, Mr. Zuckerberg." It's like, Lindsey. You're not going to do anything, but I guarantee you, you internally and your staff, as soon as you said that, were like, like that is going to be a great video for the campaign trail, talking point for when you're out there stumping, trying to pretend that you actually care and don't spend most of your day on Grindr. That, it's, it's, it's that perfect picture of like, you don't mean anything you're saying right now, and you're not going to do anything. You know why I know that? Because you never have. You've never cared. Yeah. No, and uh, Lindsey Graham to say he has blood on his hands is, is the funniest thing that I've ever heard, considering how many flag draped coffins have come back because of his war boner over the years. Yeah. It, he is an absolutely disgusting and vile creature. But the fact of the matter is, when you have Republicans and Democrats both ganging up on Linda Yaccarino, Zuckerberg, everybody else from social media, you know that the fix is in because it's all about censorship. That's what they want. They want to stir up all kinds of emotions and, and feel like they're on the right side of history, but it's not because they always default back to this is all about safety and it's all about saving lives. No, it's not. You don't care about saving lives and you don't care about safety, Lindsey Graham, because of all the, the because of the amount of American soldiers, airmen, seamen, Marines that you've put in harm's way who've come back and flag draped coffins. It's not about safety and security, and you know it. It's about censorship, and it's about control, and that's it, and that's and there's no more to it than that. You want to pass legislation that's going to look like you're doing something, but all you're doing is putting in censorship measures so you control people's thoughts. Yeah. Nope, can't say I, I disagree. Can't at all. Well, let's talk about the election because they're always focused on elections and campaigns, not actually doing things, not actually focusing on the American people or our country as a whole. And Biden got some bad news in Michigan. You had uh, you had a, a situation unfold, some new data come out. And this all, of course, is assuming Joe stays in the race. And assuming he does, which I'll reiterate, is a massive slap to the face of the American people if that happens. But if he does... He's facing some bad news, this time with the Arab population up in Michigan, obviously a, a large concentration of Arabs in Dearborn and a couple other communities there in Michigan. 
You've got some Michigan. This I'm just going to read this this article here. I forget where this one's from. Some Michigan Arabs and Muslims have launched an abandoned Biden campaign, part of a broader national movement still getting off the ground to ensure that their community shows up to cast their votes, but not for Biden. The campaign's organizers who also oppose Donald Trump have not yet coalesced around a strategy for the general election. They're still debating whether to encourage voters to support a third party candidate or to skip the presidential uh, contest altogether while still voting for other offices. Either way, the organizers are telling Muslims and Arabs voters that they should uh, show up and vote rather than stay home. But <clears throat> bottom line is it's not a great, it's not a great deal for, for Biden, right? You've got people who are saying, yeah, we don't like what you're doing here. And this is, look, this is one pocket of people. Dearborn, Michigan does not represent the whole country. In fact, kind of the opposite. But minority voters and separately independents, just on a kind of 30,000-foot view here, are going to be a huge factor in this election, no doubt. They always are, but they specifically will be in this one, too. And while Trump may not have the Arab vote at scale, he's making big strides with the black and Hispanic communities. He's making some huge steps there. He did in 2020 as well. So for him, as, as Biden takes this hit, you hear this, and you hear them say, okay, we're not voting for Trump either. But it becomes this this fight, this tussle for for the middle and for some of these minority communities. For Trump, it's still the independence, large portion of females on the right side of America that he needs to sway. But with all of this, as that news is coming in, you've got RFK who's still considering a libertarian run, which is one of the only remaining options that actually would allow him to get on the ballot in some of the swing states in America. And if he does, in fact, go this route, yeah, it's as we've talked about a lot, it's going to get really interesting because the the left is over Biden, but they still hate Trump. Trump has his base fired up for sure, but he still needs to expand it. So we're RFK Jr. to run. He he will definitely play spoiler for someone. Debate on who he plays spoiler for more that you know, but but he's gonna play spoiler. He's not gonna win, to be clear. If there was ever an opportunity, it's probably closer than it's been in a long, long time, but he will ruin it for one of the main candidates. And I, I, I just, I think that this is all getting fascinating. It's shaping up to be a very interesting election year. And I say interesting, it's, it's not, it's terrifying. That's, that's the more appropriate term here. But, but I, I, I do find this, this, this to be fascinating to see how this is going to shake out because it puts the system permanent Washington in a tight spot, figuring out how the hell we do this. How do we convince RFK not to do this? How do we sit him down and say, look, sorry that we killed your uncle and your father, but we need you to actually side with us on this, this particular time. How do they tell Manchin not to do things? Whoever the case might be, it's, it's, I, I think this is going to get fascinating. Yeah, I think it's going to get fascinating too. And, you know, for the most part, I agree with, RFK on a lot of things, especially the whole vaccine thing. I think, you know, most people who are libertarian or have a conservative sort of center right bent to them agree with them about Fauci and experimental vaccines and so forth, and especially the COVID vaccine and the cover up that's been going on between big pharma and the government and the regulatory capture that we've seen with big business, big pharma and governmental agencies. Those are all issues that, you know, I agree with RFK on. I also agree with RFK uh, for the most part on 
environmental things, especially his views on conservation and you know in our in our public in our public lands and especially water purification. But he loses me with the whole green agenda and also with um, the Second Amendment. Those are those are two zones that I will never agree with him and he will never agree with me. And therefore, I can't, you know, in good conscience, vote for him. But I also, but I also think when it comes to you know um, Dearborn, Michigan, and how things are shaping up in Wayne County, where you have Dearborn, and you also have, and I believe that's the same county that Detroit's in. A hundred thousand people plus is a pretty large voting block, and I can't see, I I can't, I, I can't see the folks, the the uh, people of Muslim descent in Dearborn, Michigan voting for Trump because of his of his policies in Israel you know in moving the embassy to Jerusalem and in being a proponent and a financer you know of the Iron Dome and the military uh, Israeli military and everything else but I don't see a big Muslim population voting for RFK because of RFK's voice, I think they would see that as a sign of weakness, and they wouldn't want somebody in charge that they deemed as weak. I think it's a cultural thing with them, you know, like with the beards and everything else. I think it's a sign when you have some kind of physical malady to you, they see it as a sign of weakness, even though that your brain is perfectly intact and you're a very smart person. That that is a no go zone for a lot of them. So I. I can't see them, you know, holding their nose and voting for for RFK unless, you know, that that's the the sort of not that they've been told, but that's the the route that they want to take through, you know, the different imams and, you know, community outreach that's going on there. Uh, is it enough to sway Michigan? I don't think so, you know. But I think it would definitely help Trump in that state. I don't know if it would be enough to have him win Michigan necessarily. But it's interesting to see the whole the no labels group with Joe Manchin. Joe Manchin is, you know, he's looking to he's he's trying to figure out where he fits in the political landscape. He doesn't want his career to be over with. He loves his Porsche. He loves his houseboat. He, He loves that lifestyle. But he won't go full commie because he know he knows that's a losing proposition in West Virginia. But he still is a part of, you know, the the D.C. apparatus. And, you know, in that apparatus is like being on a yacht. You can eat all the food you want, drink all the drinks, have sex with whoever you want. But as soon as you get off that yacht, they want to drown you. Yeah. So he's just trying to figure out if there's any kind of a lifeboat where he still could be part, you know, of this yacht that's you know cruising around the Adriatic without you know going the way of Ghislaine Maxwell's uh, father. Well, yeah, I well, and I, look, I'm not saying I respect Joe, although I, I, there's look, there's parts that Joe and RFK Jr. both get right. They just do. I I, I can understand and respect the position that they're in because they see both sides going further this way and further this way and they are wanting to still be a part of things but they're they're really left without a party i I don't think we actually have two parties but they do traditional folks still kind of believe that's the model and that's the way things work and they are they're they're real they're really kind of stuck 
but they could play an interesting role. I agree. I don't think that the the Muslim and Arab community is going to step up and, and vote for him. And culturally speaking, you're you're absolutely right. There's there's maybe people would be like, that's awful that they wouldn't support him because of that. Well, but but you got to spend some time in those parts of the world to kind of understand things differently and look at it through a different optic. It'll be interesting to see. Now let's talk. Go ahead. Oh, I thought you I thought you were saying something. Sorry. It, let's look at this because bad news. If if this proves true that 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 Biden's going to lose at least that particular county in Michigan in terms of the votes with the the Arabs and Muslims there, if that scales across the country, it starts to make a little bit more of an impact. But let's assume for a second that RFK doesn't run with the the Libertarian Party and he's not on the ticket, and it's just Trump versus Biden. It's it's a rematch of 2020, according to new data that's out. Take data with a grain of salt. Take polls with a grain of salt. Most of it's totally BS. But according to this new data, if the election were held today and Trump is still in the race, the, the Democrats don't have their way in terms of court and, and some of the legal stuff that's going on, he would win all of the key swing states, according to this data. You can see in this graph, we'll start and kind of scale. But all states, he's plus six. He's up three in Arizona. He's up eight in Georgia. He's up five in Michigan. He's up eight in Nevada, up 10 in North Carolina, smaller margin in Pennsylvania, up three, and then up five in Wisconsin. You can see the source there. It's a Bloomberg News morning consult poll. Uh, almost 5,000 registered voters took part in it. So that's got to be that's got to be good news. But I would also say, I'd reiterate, you can't trust polls. Never can. Polls. If you listen to polls, Trump was never the president in 2016. It wasn't going to happen. If you listen to polls in 2020, you're going to get a different result. So you can't trust polls. But this is interesting data point. Some of those states are are, are razor razor close. So it's a super narrow margin. Pennsylvania, Wisconsin in particular. But you, it, it, this is also still really encouraging news because at the end of the day, while I still think there's a lot of people who don't want to support Trump in 2020, and I'm not talking about America first conservatives, obviously they do, but there's a lot of people in the country. You know them. Who are like, ah, no, either I liked him before, but now I'm over him, or I never liked him. You've got a lot of people in that bin, so you've got to get those people. And I think if there was a different candidate on the other side, he would struggle more to get those people. But because of the failed policies, because of how everyone's bank account looks, because of of gas prices, because of mortgage rates, because of wars, because of an open border, because of all of these things. People are like, well, I don't know that I want to do that again. So it's the lesser of two evils. Before it was, I'll do anything but Trump. Now it's, I'll do anything but Biden. And that's got to play a factor in this election cycle. Again, presuming RFK doesn't get in, still does regardless. But presuming RFK doesn't get in, I think it, 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 it'll weigh heavier. And then also that Trump's still there. Yeah. And Biden wasn't supposed to be here. Kamala was supposed to take over. I think everybody's aware of that right now. But Kamala, it, it, nobody likes her. No. She, her staff doesn't like her. Biden doesn't like her. Jill hates her guts. There, There is nothing about Kamala Harris that anybody likes. And so she can't be, she can't, Biden can't step back and say, okay, you're now the vice president. I think we dodged a bullet with Biden selecting Kamala Harris instead of somebody like Gretchen Whitmer. If Biden takes Gretchen Whitmer, Gretchen Whitmer is now the president of the United States, 
And I think it's almost, I think she's almost unbeatable going into the 2024 election against Trump. So that, you know, the, the mistake, the misstep that they made with Kamala Harris is actually helping the Republican party. Which is shocking because <clears throat> it's not shocking that no one likes her. No one likes her in, in the run up to 2020 either. She's always been loathed within her own party, but they, they, they thought, okay, but we can have a female in this role, a woman of color in this role. And then if she gets here, I mean, the idea, well, they just played the identity politics game despite the fact that no one liked her and people internally were probably saying, no, that's not a good move. Find someone else. And, and I think it did, it did benefit us. It's scary to think that a, a Whitmer or a Newsom would have any sort of gravitas and, and the ability to, to, to be more of a threat because they're just disastrous people, but. Right. But they can speak. They can Kamala speak. can't speak. And, no. and she's totally unrelatable to the average person. Whereas we both, we both view Whitmer and Newsom as very duplicitous and oily people who are willing to tyrannical. lie. Yeah. To, to, yeah. And tyrannical to get what they want, the outcome that they desire, which, which, you know, they're, they're sociopaths and we're and they, it's almost like, they're they really enjoy lying to people like it fulfills like some sort of need you know like like some like like pervert who likes to like peek into windows and stuff and just sit there and be like ah, ah. and then the relief you know that they get it, that's what i see from them when they tell a lie i it's almost orgasmic to them yeah that's that's true and also quite the visual um all right let's uh <laughs> Let's speed along. We've got some other stuff to get to before we get to our next stories here. Let's touch on the question of the day, which is this. You have to think for a second here. Some of you maybe already do this, but whether you do or you're, you're thinking of starting or just for, for shits and gigs for the question, if you could collect anything, no limits, what would it be? If you could collect anything, what would it be? Tom, are you ready for this? Oh my first. goodness. If I could collect anything, what would it be? Uh, if I could collect anything, what would, what would it be? Uh, I would go with something random. I would go, you know what? I, you know what I would collect? And I think there would be something that would be an awesome collection because I, I enjoy running. I, I ran in high school and in college and then on into my adult life where I've had periods where I've run a lot and periods where I haven't. But I've always been amazed in the the design and the craftsmanship of a running shoe. So I would like to collect running shoes from the time that they were first invented, you know, as the track shoe with the, you know, when there were like cinder block tracks and the spikes that, you know, in leather like uh, Roger Bannister wore when he first broke the mile all the way up into modern time. Okay. Okay. That's interesting. I think you'll be the only person to, to respond. <laughs> With that answer, uh, I'm, I'm usually always shoes. on an island by myself when it comes to what I like, <laughs> and that's what we love about yeah. you. Uh, okay, what are you going to do? Vintage cars. Okay, I like to work on cars. I like to drive them. You know, I've never really had the the means to be able to to buy them, but if I could, I, was I would. Say, love. when have you worked on a car? I work on my own car all the time. Okay, yeah, but not okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I would love to restore a car. Like I, my dad was a mechanic before I was born. He's taught me a lot of stuff. I would love 
to be able to sit there and work on engines and rebuild body frames. I'd love to do that. I learned, I was I did welding in high school. I would love to just be able to do that. Work. All right. Yeah. I think I, I think that's probably an answer that a lot of people would yeah. say too, because that is a that's a that's a thing for sure. Yeah. There's uh, to me, there's nothing more rewarding than fixing your own car. Like like right now, the depth of some stuff that I don't know, I'll take it. But for the most part, I'll fix it myself. Yeah. Okay. Um. <clears throat> Okay, I like it. Let's let's uh let's so we got muscle cars, says F News. Clocks, says Judy. Nothing. My, my great grandfather in my house is chaos. My great grandfather collected clocks and every time you were in his camper it was this tick 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 and it was the cuckoo clocks too. So like it you know, the ding and everything would be going like ah so I didn't like it cuz I don't like the ticking. Yes. Well, I don't like that either. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Ottawa James says gold coins. So I'll, let me just tell you, I, I wasn't planning on this, but let me just tell you, I'm putting it in here right now. Uh, I just put a link in there. So I've taken a break for a while. We had to do some stuff with the old network for, for partnerships and, and stuff like that. That was kind of, I, I'm not saying, I'm not saying it in a bad way, but you know, you have networks have their different deals and whatnot. We're partner now with a a gold company that is outstanding pro-america christian they're they're guided and 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 base everything on biblical values they're not into the gimmicks and all the other stuff they're not one of the places that tell you oh we're going to give you this free stuff and that free stuff if you sign up which of course is never free we all know that nothing's actually ever free and they actually offer you something that works best for your situation, not what works best for them. Like they're just good people. They're good people. Again, Christian American folks who are going to set you on the right path. So it's Genesis gold group. They're amazing people. If you go to goldwithdrew.com, you can fill out a form, fill out a form, talk to them. They'll educate you. They won't browbeat the piss out of you. Like some of the other places out there do. And then you do it or you don't do it, but figure it out. I've been excited about talking about this for a while. I wasn't planning on talking about it today, but <clears throat> gold coins is a smart thing to collect. And if you're going to do it, talk to my friends at Genesis because they actually are our friends. It's a direct two-show partnership that we've got with them. We, we've, we looked long and hard at who we wanted to go with when we were on our own, and that's who we chose to go with so go check it out again goldwithdrew.com it's in the the chat you can click the link there and and check it out they'll give you a free guide they'll talk to you and and see what makes the most sense for you which is which is important okay back to the answers um guns uh, guns and ammo all sorts of stuff i'm trying to think what i'm going to go with i that's probably my answer too i already kind of do um guns and ammo i'd like to say various alcohol bourbon whiskeys and stuff like but that. you drink it too fast There's a problem, <laughs> is i just can't sit there and stare at the shelf like there it is and i'm gonna get it i'm gonna go get some i'm gonna have i, I have a friend who in during covid he decided to collect whiskey and bourbon and every time i go we're like so we're gonna drink that and he's like no i'm like so you just wanted the bottle or do you want like what, what's actually he's like well i think the bottle looks good and i'm interested to see what it tastes like one day and i'm like one day we drink it now, but uh, different ideals, I guess. Yeah, I couldn't do it. No. So I think I'm going that way too. I think I'm going, um, guns and ammo because it's, it's awesome. It's currency. It's, it's, it brings a lot of 
lot of value for sure and and they're they're great to look at there's so many different varieties there's so many different ways you can go with it so i think i'm gonna go with that as my answer okay let's get into something different here we've got um i'm trying to decide which one we're gonna go with here first let's do this let's stay serious for one second there's a new report coming you don't have anything for this by the way disco but there's a new um update on BRICS. South Africa has announced that five of the six nations invited to join the BRICS bloc uh, back earlier this month have officially confirmed their participation. The inclusion of Saudi Arabia, the United Arab Emirates, Ethiopia, Iran, and Egypt is expected to enhance economic strength of BRICS, that with, who's, of course, the current members are China, Brazil, Russia, India, South, South Africa. But you've got this expansion happening. It's confirmed. There was 22 countries who've expressed interest, many others who are wanting to get in and likely will get in and be a part of that block. But I bring all this stuff up because there's a lot of people out there. We've, we've discussed it here on the show a great deal, actually. But there's a lot of people out there who are kind of like, eh, so what? No big deal. I, it's a big deal. And this could have a huge impact on the U.S. economy, the value of the dollar, how our alliances look, how trade deals look. We're already seeing that with so many different trade deals that are out there with so many people abandoning the U.S. dollar and, and pushing into this. So I, I still find this as one of the most under-discussed, super important stories that are out there. Not just these particular five joining and, and this particular expansion, but all of the expansion in general. I think it's going to have a, a, a huge effect on how things look and operate here down the road. And the fact that people aren't paying attention to it, it really befuddles me. Yeah, well, I think it's, you know, anytime that you talk about currencies, uh, you're, uh, people are automatically going to turn out. They're going to be like, this doesn't affect me. Right. Uh, uh, until it does. Because once you devalue the dollar while you're printing more, of course, you know, you're going to have hyperinflation and you're going to have... You know, like we saw when we went to Afghanistan, and they what was it the rupee that the the dinar that they had there? That and was, it was Iraq. Like, what's that? That was Iraq. Yeah, but Afghanistan had their own currency when I was there in O two. Afghani. Was, yeah. Oh, oh pre Afghani. You're saying? Yeah, uh, yeah. When we first got there, they had their own paper currency, and I can couldn't remember what it was called. Um, but I do remember there was just like stacks of them. It was like $2 billion, you know, for a $100 bill. And that's what we're going to end up having here at the rate that we're going. And especially, you know, once BRICS, you know, takes hold and, you know, they start implementing their programs for their currency. Yeah. I just wish that Florida could join BRICS. <laughs> I would be very happy about that. Yeah. <laughs> Florida breaking out, doing their own thing, joining a different <laughs> international alliance uh, or, or block. It was hey, you know what? They don't rule anything out at this point. There's going to be states who want, if, I'm looking at Texas now, of course, but it'll, it'll happen with other states who want to continue uh, the secession talk as, as we continue to quietly balkanize and then eventually less quietly balkanize. You never know. So I looked it up for you, Tom. The Afghani, what it's called now, replace the afghan rupee afghan rupee, rupee yeah, yeah that's what i thought yeah it was just it's the I same just thing though the afghani it's a stack like i remember <laughs> yeah talking with people hey go down to the shop and 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 get some of this stuff for whatever for a meeting we're doing or, wh or whatever how much is it going to cost and they, they tell you the number and if it's your first time there you're like 
holy shit <laughs> and then you do the conversion you're like oh that's two dollars here you go that <laughs> it's like ten thousand rupees what <laughs> anyways no it is it's one of those things that you think it doesn't affect you now but it will it will i i promise you i don't i'm not wishing on it i'm not supporting it i'm just telling you i think it actually makes sense for those those countries that are doing it you see why they're doing what they're doing but it, it'll, it'll come back and and bite us in the ass that much is of course for sure. it, you know what the, what the government is going to say oh the only way to protect this is to go with the cbdc and then we're all screwed at that point because instead of having a bailout with the banks we're going to have a bail-in with all of our money and the government's going to take all of our money and give us coupons for it and let us know what we can buy with each coupon yep it's terrifying and and, and that's already i mean yeah well, we won't go down the CBDC thing today. We've done it before, but we've got to stop that. We've got to stop that. Uh, something that you probably don't want to spend your money on, whether you're allowed to or not allowed to, is Bud Light. Obviously, Bud Light had an atrocious year since their whole bout with wokeness. And they've done everything they can. I mean, they got absolutely crushed. Tens of billions of dollars, we're talking, in terms of their losses. Just devastating devastating what happened to them so they've been trying to crawl their way out and now there's a, a a partnership with shane gillis the comedian who we all love here he's if you don't know who shane gillis is you're missing out he's freaking hilarious but they're they're doing a partnership with him i don't have all the details i just saw the headline actually while we were doing coin club and then decided we would just reference they're going to be a part of his 2024 tour part of his 2024 tour yeah so I just know in advance, I know that folks on the right are going to call because they're idiots for, for banning Shane Gillis now and going against Shane Gillis. You guys, Shane Gillis is the most just chill everyday kind of dude that you'd want to hang out with. Who's he's like a Rogan, right? You're going to agree with him on most things, disagree on some, but it's not going to be an argument or a shouting match. It's going to be like, ah, let's just keep drinking and have fun. Kind of a dude. And, and, and he's hilarious. If I'm being honest, one, don't be stupid and boycott stupid stuff. Boycott things that actually matter. But two, I think it's a brilliant move, some of the things Bud Light's been doing. I'm still pissed at him. I'm not saying that we're going to load our fridges up here at the studio with Bud Light. We're not going to. One, because there's not room right now. But two, we're just not going to. But they've made some good decisions. I mean, and, and for the people who are mad... Don't forget, Dana White, UFC have done things with them. Yep. You've got Peyton Manning, who's done a commercial with them now. Now they're getting Shane Gillis. If if you're trying to crawl out and repair things with the American people, you you have to make smart moves. And not only just make smart moves on on the face, but actually align your values and 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 practice what you're preaching, right? But they're making smart moves. I mean, I I I feel like I can't attack them on this horrible decision if they had kept down that path you're totally done they they're making smart moves and i i, I if you're shane gillis or dana white and someone says hey we're trying to fix things i'd love to throw you x amount of million of dollars millions of dollars to to be a part of this or sponsor your tour or sponsor ufc or sponsor this if I feel like they're trying to do it the right way and, and make amends, I, I don't blame them for taking it. And I'm and I i I'm kind of glad to see them making some better decisions. It's going to be a long road back to recovery for Bud Light. 
and they're going to have to make moves like this where people are going to be like, well, why did Shane do this? Well, Shane's looking for the money, you know, like it's, it, it's understandable, but people have to break those barriers to be like, Hey, let's go back to Bud Light now. Yeah. It's going to take them time to regain all those people back a lot. And you're not going to gain all of them. Back. You're not, but, but uh, Shane's made fun of them in some of his stand up before. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I mean, what's your take on it, Tom? Well, my take is life is always about second chances. You know, the whole boycott and the amount of revenue that Bud Bud Light went through last year, it was pretty devastating for their company. And they're trying to rebrand now. And my my feeling is everybody deserves a second chance. That's what life is about. And I I believe the people that, you know, that that boycotted Bud Light, their 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 point has been proven. You won. And part about winning is being a gracious winner yeah. and being able to give grace to somebody that you, you butted heads with and you defeated. You, you, give them a second chance. Yeah. I, I have no problems with this. I have no problems with Dana White and the UFC. I have no problems with Shane Gillis doing it. I I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, it, it was until when Bud Light looked like it was going down this suicidal path of uber wokeness it was it was to the point of like okay well you got to learn a lesson and i think they've they've learned their lesson you know budweiser anheuser-busch even though it's you know owned by stella i think now or maybe stella sold it to somebody else but budweiser is an iconic american brand and if you're going to give anybody a second chance it needs to be somebody as iconic as Budweiser. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, we can't just, uh, you, you hit the nail on the head. We devastated them as, as a, as a conservative movement at really the most of the country who is like, uh, you're catering to a fraction of a percent of the population. Not a good move. It's not like it was a 50, 50 split and they endorsed joe biden or something like no 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 they they didn't even go in on the lgbt community they went in on a subset of that community and just made a horrible decision but then they got their asses kicked handed to them i mean some of the most devastating losses you've ever seen so so i agree i i think i i think that you got to give people a second chance now if they go and jack things up again well you didn't learn your lesson and now what comes to you that's on you but I, I I think exactly. PW, PW Thon said the same thing. We won the battle. Forgiveness has to be part of it. Or these companies aren't going to care. Totally. We've got to welcome them back in and be like, now let's do this together. Because the biggest thing we have to do as a country is figure out a way to rally as a country, rally around the flag and not just be divided on every damn thing. That's what the other side wants. That's what the system wants. So we've got to figure out ways to do that. Stand your ground. Don't compromise your values. But but within those values should be, let's give people a second chance. Let's have some grace and forgiveness because there's not a damn one of us who's perfect. So I, I, I think it's some of us need more than a second chance. It's chaos. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I think it's admirable what they're doing. They're making all the right moves. I remember when I when I heard about Dana, I was like, okay, that makes sense. Uh, I don't love it, but it makes sense what Bud Light's trying to do. Then you start seeing a, a commercial with Peyton Manning on there. And you're like, man, I wish you hadn't done that, Peyton. Then you're like, well, but actually, this is a smart move on both of your sides. And then you see this with Shane, and, and I've kind of just come to that conclusion where it's, uh, I'm good with it. 
Well, I feel like I feel like these brands that went woke found out real fast the hard way that they're not like the people, the consumer are not going to do what they're being told to do. Yeah. Hey, we need to support this. You need to support that because Bud Light said so. They found out the hard way. And now I don't think you're going to see brands do that for a while. There's still some that are doing it because they're like, no, we're on the right trend. But the ones that learned the hard lesson by losing all that money are like, okay, let's pull it back some. Right. Hey, Peyton Manning, he, he seems like a guy who's about forgiveness and like, hey, let's second chance. He seems like a nice guy. It's probably why he was like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Let's have fun. He's just good old Southern boy. Um, I just, I just, I, I just one last point. I hate to belabor this. I cannot stand people who won't give other people a second chance. And social media is just filled with it. And people continuing to go after Ron DeSantis and and everybody else who jumped in the race is, and is now out of it. It's if that if you're that narrow minded and that one sided on every issue. There, there's something wrong with your soul. Yeah. You know, and, and you need to do a lot of soul searching to figure out what that is. Because like I said, if you defeat somebody, part of part of winning is being gracious. And if, you know, if, if your guy, if Trump, you know, is the nominee, that's great. It doesn't mean everybody else is a communist fuck who doesn't deserve you know, to to have to be able to maintain a living and provide right. for their family. It is the same thing with Bud Light. You know, it, the people that got hurt the most were the distributors, were the drivers. You know, in in this in this whole you know protest or boycott, yeah. and it, it, you know, let, let's have a little bit of grace for them. Yeah, hundred percent. Couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. And it it expands beyond Bud Light. Obviously, that goes to a lot of things. People get mad at this organization or this league or this, that, and the other. It's like, it's bigger than that, though. Put yourself in someone who works for that company's shoes. I'm I'm not regretting what happened to Bud Light. They needed to learn a lesson big time because we've got to, we've got to somehow find our way back to normalcy in this country and letting more nonsense go and just fly isn't the way to do it. So you've got to call people on it, but then you've got to, you've, you've got to do it the right way on the back end. So real quick, I just interject. Yeah. Speaking of winners, did you guys see about the United States uh, ice skating team? Cause you know, like every year they do like the, the countries will also, you know, however they did, they get ranked and they get medals. Well, in Beijing at the last winter Olympics, United States was given a box because Russia had the whole doping gate that was going on they're like hey we'll, we'll figure out what medal you're going to get later well it was announced this morning they're getting the gold because like they found that there was more doping going on with russia so they've been disqualified from those olympics and now they'll be receiving their gold medal in the mail soon or they don't even know how they're going to get it but hope there's insurance on that yeah but it's it's one of those things where they're like yeah it's awesome it's still still kind of sinking in we're not quite sure we're excited because yes hey we got the gold but we never got our ceremony like everyone else gets right and so it's like how are they going to do this what are they going to do it's probably just going to show up in a mail and they're like hey look i got my medal right yeah havoc says take so much energy to keep hate going absolutely absolutely that's why that's why you bring up tom the stuff we i i was very loud about it we've collectively all been loud about it about the infighting on our side it's just it's exhausting it's why would you want to put yourself through that like why would you want to make yourself that miserable where you have to just go after people on your own team so much let alone the other side but your own team it's just crazy it is exhausting okay 
Let's do let's 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 do one last story here. Let's do some sports. Oh. Catching me off guard. Sure am. <laughs> so I'm a big proponent. Now this sounds counterintuitive to what we just said. <laughs> but I'm a big proponent of the NCAA going away, at least at the big level sports, the D1 sports, particularly, you know, your your footballs and your basketball and 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 your main sports. And that's not to be mean to the other sports, but the ones that make money. So the whole landscape has been changing. And particularly with the, the name image likeness stuff, the NIL stuff, the transfer portal, we, we, we're not going to get into the weeds because I know some of you don't care about that. But the whole thing's been changing, right? Which is part of the reason you've got Nick Saban, who's retired now. You've got Jim Harbaugh, who, who also wants to win a Lombardi trophy, but is going through all sorts of stuff. It's just, it's a hard road to hoe in in college right now because things change so fast and there's so much expectation on it. anyways ncaa has been coming down hard on people they came down hard on tennessee and um and basically what happened is they, the ncaa is kind of like the mob right they just kind of browbeat the piss out of people to get their way they're an old dying breed and they're trying to keep their influence and power and they're not current with the direction of where things are going and they're not current and they don't want to be current because it means that they lose power so they they've they've gone after a lot of people tennessee was in their crosshairs and them and virginia both pushed back as clay travis stated the states of tennessee and virginia request immediate suspension of all ncaa nil rule enforcement if these states win and i bet more states will join this lawsuit the ncaa is officially dead in major college sports this is a big deal the complaint is 20 pages, well-researched, savage in its evisceration of the NCAA. Love that it's filed in East Tennessee, too. Not many better jurisdictions in the country that would hate the NCAA more. Uh, in terms of the actual lawsuit, one of the key points that the lawsuits make is, is on behalf of the players that enter the transfer portal but are not allowed to discuss NIL opportunities before they enroll at a particular school, which makes no sense, of course. It clears that lawmaker is it's clear, excuse me, that lawmakers in both states are trying to send a message that the NCAA should not have this much power when it comes to future earnings of student athletes. By restricting NIL discussions for prospective college athletes, the NCAA's current policy restricts schools from competing to arrange NIL compensation for prospective college athletes and suppresses athletes' NIL compensation by deterring the free movement of labor. Bottom line with all of this. The NCAA tried to hit Tennessee, like I said. And you've got Tennessee, states of Tennessee and Virginia who are pushing back and basically saying, no way, this doesn't make sense. And while it used to be the case when I played where you didn't get paid for anything, you couldn't get anything or you got in massive trouble. Now you get paid and you get compensated and there's different deals depending on where you are and what the different collective looks like at that school. And the NCAA is saying you can't talk about that. You can't tell someone what they're going to get and why they should come there, which of course defeats the whole point of discussions and the way that the game is going these days. And they're saying, no, that's not, that's, that's ridiculous. They hit right back in court with this. And hopefully, hopefully this brings about substantive change in, in college athletics, particularly at the top where the NIL money is the biggest and, and carries the most influence to be clear. I think there also has to be some restrictions put in, for whoever governs that moving forward, there has to be some kind of rules. The transfer portal needs to get cleaned up and changed. But this is the way things are going. 
and the NCAA is just hanging on as, as long as they can, but hopefully this brings about some change. Yeah, and I think SMU will have the last laugh when this is all said and done because the NCAA will end up getting the death penalty and SMU and their football program will keep going on in perpetuity. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I think that if you're an S SMU alum, you, you've got a lot to be happy about. And the same with uh, with uh, University of Miami. Remember that Sports Illustrated, there are people celebrating the uh, Sports Illustrated cover when, when it said, should Miami get the death penalty? And then, of course, Miami has outlasted Sports Illustrated. So I, I see this, you know, in the same vein as SMU. I think with the with the introduction of NIL there, there needs to be some guardrails set up. Uh, there, there needs to be some, some kind of competitive fairness, I guess, but I, you know, how do you do that? Right. It's like, if you've got, if you're a Texas and you've got money just rolling in for your athletic program or in Alabama, you know, how in a free market, how are other smaller schools going to compete? I, I, I don't know what the answer is. I don't know you know, what yeah, kind of guardrails can be put in place. Yeah. Well, I, I don't either. It, they're going to have to figure it out. It's going to be the Wild West like it is now for a while because, like you're saying, Ball State and Buffalo don't have the resources that Alabama, Michigan, and Texas do. It's just it literally might as well be different planets that you're on. The flip side is, is if you have some big donors who graduated from there, some big-time alumni – you can you can flip the script quick and be like, hey, you know what? Cool. We're going to take this Mountain West school, dump a shit ton of money into it and and elevate the program faster than it ever has before. It's chaos out there. But the, the main thing is, is the NCAA has done this wrong for a long time and is just not up up to up to, to date with how things are. I'm not saying the NCAA is actually going to go away. They're not. But for big sports, I that the writing's on the wall. They are like eventually these power conferences will be their own governed body and they will say bye-bye NCAA. And that's just how it's, that's just how it's going. NAIA is its own thing. You're going to have D3, D2 who will probably still be a part of that. Even the one double a schools for the sports to participate, the one double a level will have that, but I, I, it's just, it's changing so fast, but the way that the NCAA has done things for so long, they have never been, this fair and just organization as much as they want to portray themselves as that. So I think it's amazing to see them. If nothing else, your feet are in, uh, you're up, up against it right now. Feet are in the fire. How are you going to respond? Can you change and adapt? I think it's, it's long overdue. I think it's long past the point where that can actually happen because of how fast the other stuff's moving. But I think it's great to see change happening because they they're trying to govern with rules that are antiquated for a system that no longer fit. You know, it's just, it's apples and oranges. So <laughs> I know the, the NCAA's rules are as the biggest joke is Iran, you know, having a seat at the table of, you know, women's rights commission. Right. <laughs> you know? It's just, they're both worthless. Yeah. They're both worthless organizations and something better will come, come along to replace them. I agree. We can all be so lucky. I hope that that's what happened. Um, yeah, chaos is a hate. They reward. They started legitimately paying kids. Their reward is education. Uh, 
in in the old days, yes, but now you know college college sports has always been huge, particularly football and basketball in terms of the money. And it's just changed so much. And there's so much money that the point where I, I'm more of a traditionalist myself, but you can't stop this. And the kids have gotten dicked over for a long time because what's expected of them outside of, of class is more than most people do with their nine to five jobs by it's not even close. It's not even close. You, you live a life of a professional athlete, but you're not compensated for it. The education is great. Yes, but <clears throat> it's, it's a hard thing. It, 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 there's lots of there's lots of good points on on this discussion. There's going to be lots of good points on this discussion. Uh, but but the NCAA has been corrupt and broken for a long time. And as as you're saying, also chaos. They have no way of keeping up. They they can't. They just absolutely no. can't. And I'm glad that they can't because I don't think that they've done student athletes in the schools justice for for a long time. So I think something else does need to change. Like Tom and I have both said, though, there has to be some guardrails. There's going to have to be some rules. There's coaches saying that now, too. Hey, we can't we can't have free agency start during the season, as an example. It's got to be at a certain period, just like there is for recruiting. You can only recruit and have in-contact meetings at this time. You can only do correspondence at this time. This is a dead zone. There's got to be some rules. We'll see. We'll see where it goes. I'm just glad that the NCAA is getting pushed back on because for the longest time, it's been like, well, whatever we say goes, and that's the end of it. No more discussion. All right. No more discussion here either. We're going to get out of here for the night. We appreciate you guys being here. Please hit that like button. Please pay attention to the sponsors in the show notes. There's lots of good ones that we've partnered with. If they're in that list, we like them. We're not putting people in there that we don't like. It's just not going to happen. So give them some love and support. Again, hit that like button. Make sure you're subscribed here on Rumble or whatever location you're watching it on. Make sure you're subscribed on the newsletter, which you can do over at DrewBerkwist.com. And we'll look forward to seeing you tomorrow, Thursday. We'll do some more memes. It's going to be a great way to end the week. Be safe. Be smart. Be free.